0: Well, I'm recording this episode, and I'm missing the James Bond Marathon on TNT. I'm great. Michael, are you trying to look unattractive? I don't think there's anything worse than being ordinary. It's American Beauty.
1: to the Center Cut. I am Michael. And I am Dave, I guess. David, today we have friend and fellow podcaster. Camilla, you recently got your podcast off the ground. Why don't you tell your listeners about it?
2: Sure. And thanks for having me today. Um, So yes, I recently have joined the podcasting community. And the premise behind my podcast is that we are a book club for introverts. So we are called Bibliophiles at Home and each episode we break down a book, get into a deep dive and it is very spoiler heavy. We we just chit chat and it's myself and my co-host Jen W and we're really excited. It's pretty fun. We just started. So we're dropping our third episode next week.
1: Yeah, so you're already a few you're already a few books deep.
2: We are. Yes. We are in the midst of uh we just recorded for Throne of Glass which I don't know if Oh is your God. is your wife uh, into that at all? My like,
0: wife, she's gonna lose it.
2: Is she our target audience?
0: Uh, yeah. I was about to ask you, like, hey, you cover any Sarah J. Mass stuff, so my wife can just like have something better to do than talk to me about it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's like her jam.
2: Oh, good. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're For trying sure. to do we're trying to do a little bit of everything. So we'll probably end up maybe hitting up some nonfiction. I think we're gonna do that book. I'm glad my mom died. that was a pretty big one yeah but we're just trying to do a little bit of everything so yes our next episode will be thrown of glass by sarah j moss and we'll also be covering some of her other works so i think me and your wife are going to be friends dave i am calling it.
0: i will point her in your direction
2: (laughs) yeah so that episode will be dropping next thursday and um
1: when i I was a kid i used to read an entire novel every single day I was what people call an, a nerd, but in the past 10 years, I've probably read less than 20 books in full, which is shameful. I get it, but I am hoping that I can start following along with the help of your podcast and maybe not be so much of a loser anymore. So
2: You're not a loser. <laughs> well, You're watching you, TV.
1: That's true, but thank you for putting out some some great content and uh, looking forward to what you and Jen continue to do.
2: Thank you so much. Thanks for having
1: me. Of course. And yeah. today we're talking American Beauty Dave, we are. what are we doing exactly?
0: We watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of American Beauty. We are going to recap those ends for you, and then Camilla has some questions for us about what happened in the middle.
1: Yeah, Camilla, we send you a list of movies to choose from, and you picked this one before we really kind of dive in. Why, why this one? Why American Beauty?
2: So a long time ago, this was considered one of my top 10 movies, and it has been demoted, unfortunately, uh, I think it actually going back to watch this movie after all the Kevin Spacey stuff that we are going to touch upon, sure. I felt like it changed how I felt about the movie. I think I can't remember what the other options were. I think it was between this and Days and Confused yeah. that were my top two. Uh, Days and Confused is a favorite of mine. Uh, it's still in the top 10 because so far there are no allegations that have demoted it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I think this one I felt like might be the best for conversation just because of how much happens in the first 15 and last 15.
1: There's definitely a lot to talk about. Yeah. But I do agree. I think we should just touch on Kevin Spacey up front here just to prove that we're not completely
0: tone deaf. Touch on Kevin Spacey more than he touches on other people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, listen, I don't want to put words in all your mouths. Feel free to share what you think. But, but for me... I can despise a person for horrible things they've done in their past and still enjoy art that they're part of. I'm not like I wouldn't rent a DVD of just like naked Kevin Spacey gyrating around that he self shot. Like, no, 100 percent. No. But like, does the fact that he probably tried to seduce a 14 year old boy at a party when he was 24 all of a sudden make this a bad movie? Like, what about all the other actors and actresses who put good work on this? Like, is that all invalidated because of some sicko thing that Kevin did? That they probably didn't even know about at the time. So, so mm. that That's what I struggle with. Like, all I'm saying is, you don't need to buy a cameo of him wishing you a happy birthday, but you can watch a movie that he's in from 25 years ago and not, you're not supporting sexual assault by doing that.
0: I think what Camilla said before kind of touched on it a little bit for me is I'm somewhere in that same vein as you, but like, I'm not going to be able to watch it the same. True. Fair. Like, it is going like the what I perceive as like how entertaining is this to me or how much do I enjoy it is going to take a hit if I know that the people in it have done some terrible things it doesn't necessarily mean it make it impossible for me to enjoy the thing I think like Michael Jackson is a perfect example but I love Michael Jackson music so much that it still outweighs <laughs> some of that stuff but like I do feel like it it, it, it's always going to detract from it. And in, in that way, it's just whether or not it's still something you can enjoy after trying to watch something that, you know, now, you know, has a person in it who did some, some crazy shit.
2: It made his character in the movie also so much creepier. Like if we can talk about context, I know that what happens in the middle is a mystery that we're going to divulge into, but I mean, the last 15 minutes, I think do provide some context. It was a little bit creepy, you know, (laughs) knowing. But I think that there's definitely, there's a threshold, right? Like a, a perfect example is Aziz Ansari, right? He was someone that did end up having some allegations, but I think that when he had the opportunity to kind of talk about that in a public setting, it when you could really kind of think about it, it felt more like it was circumstantially like a bad date that he went on and maybe some lack of communication, but not really fully assault. Whereas what I think- Kevin Spacey did is definitely more in the realm of assault and abuse of power, and I think that that can really be, at least for me, a little bit difficult to get past as far as someone's art goes. But I think I don't want to say that there's levels, but at the same time, like I think like there are some people that I will not like support after certain allegations, right? But it can be tough. I I see where you're coming from too. It's it's an important conversation to have. Yeah, do better, Kevin
1: Spacey. Oh, well, yeah, you have, come we on. all agree with that. Come we all on, agree man. with do better, Kevin Spacey, yeah. But anyway, we're never going to solve that d- discussion, and I don't think it is something that can be solved, but that's okay. Mm. But we have a lot to talk about, so we'll get into the movie now. Uh, American Beauty was released in 1999, written by Alan Ball and directed by Sam Mendes, stars Kevin Spacey, as mentioned. It slayed at the box office against its very small budget, And it also dominated critically, winning the Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Cinematography. Uh, It's at an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes for critics and a 93% audience score. But enough preamble, let's get into our recaps of the first and last 15.
0: Absolutely get into it. The first 15 minutes, we, we open to a young girl at the beginning of this movie being recorded, looks like laying on her bed. Someone is recording her using an old video camera. She explains how her dad is basically a perv and she can't walk through her house without him like getting a hard on or something and asks the man filming or the boy filming uh to kill him and he's like okay i could do that this is his daughter jane i had to watch it three times to
1: realize that it was lester's daughter her hair to me looks so different than the rest of the movie am i imagining that or am i is my are my eyes just bad is it because it's on a video camera that it looks bad?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think they're trying to show from a cinematography standpoint that it's just the she's quality of the video is why her hair looks different. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Like mm. it's very obvious. It just looks,
0: look her hair looks a lot darker. It looks like it's black in this. It's- yeah, but a lot of like, and those old video cameras were really terrible at contrast. So, you think so?
1: Or so, yeah. she could have just gotten really into evanescence in the middle and just dyed her hair black.
0: <laughs> yep. She just it's went not, through like a really short goth phase and then, yeah. and then popped right back out of it. That's possible. Who knows? <laughs> Okay. But yeah, we do get our title card here, American Beauty. Then we get some, I can't describe it as anything other than typical suburban town music <laughs> that starts to play <laughs> as we see a sky shot of a suburban area where Kevin Spacey, as his character Lester Burnham, starts narrating. He tells us that this is his town and his street. This is his life. He's 42, and in less than a year, he'll be dead. But he doesn't know that yet. Interesting way to start. Mm. He continues to narrate as we see him awaken, do do, do a quick jerk in the shower, and then complain about his wife, Carolyn. A, is this going to be me in six years? No. Less. Less (laughs) than. Ouch. Already is.
1: Already is.
0: You're already there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just, I don't know, jerking it in the shower is for rookies. Just water is bad. That's it. Just do it in the stairwell like an animal.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do it in the stairwell like an animal. (laughs) I almost agreed to that. I almost agreed to that and just moved on. You got problems, man. (laughs) But his wife, Carolyn, is outside gardening. He's basically just complaining about her for a while. Then she chats with their gay neighbor, Jim, played by Scott Bakula. That's who that is? Yep. Oh, okay. He looks familiar. Mm -hmm. It's because of Scott Bakula. Jane is up in a room on her, what looks to be a fucking compact computer, like the first one ever invented. And... She's looking up breast augmentation on the first website that ever talked about breast augmentation. It's wild. Yeah, but she's also has this like
1: ledger up of like finances. Like it looks like it's like f- family finances or
0: maybe homework.
1: Uh, I don't know. But it, the why I don't know what the wildest part is because like they're 1999 numbers. So like rent was five hundred and sixty five
0: dollars. Please. I wish a ninety eight dollar car payment. Oh, I know what she's doing. I know what this is. What? She's budgeting to leave her house, her family. Like, what, what could I feasibly get away from this? You think so? I think so.
1: That's my Okay. Guess. Well, I, I don't think her numbers are accurate because the gas company was $6.18.
0: Mm-hmm. Who's paying $6 for gas? The gas company
1: or gas, gas company, for the car? It said gas company, $6.18.
2: I'm surprised that you guys picked up on all of that because I did not notice anything except the really horrible boob augmentation
0: you were distracted by the breasts it's okay that happened to us for the first 100 episodes but eventually you get to the point where you just see beyond the breasts and you get to see everything around them as well
1: well the other thing is like we only get this small section of the movie so like we have to pay attention to everything to see it because it could have some bigger meaning later on
0: people are always surprised at the weird little details that we managed to pick up on yeah (laughs)
1: But yeah, t- typical teenager balancing the family's checkbook and researching breast augmentation.
0: Yep, typical. Mom makes fun of Jane for being ugly, and Lester dumps his entire briefcase on their front lawn by accident. And then he like basically just admits to being a total dweeb. But they're they're kind of all depressed in their own ways. Mm-hmm. Yep, Jane just hates her parents. Carolyn hates Lester. Lester hates life. And that's it. That. accurate cut to Lester at work. He is in a, a, cubicle farm of sorts and calling out to clients for some magazine, something or other, and pretending to be happy. He's really putting on his happy face. Mm-hmm. He is currently doing the, you can see a smile through a phone because he is smiling, even though you can absolutely tell that it is killing him. And then his, his boss calls him into his office and his boss is named Brad, and I felt like that was the most ideal name for Brad to have as Brad, mm-hmm. the Such annoying a Brad. young boss at a at a job calling the old guy into his office is literally always going to be named Brad. Yep, hundred percent. Yep, yep. So it kind of starts off. He's talking like he's going to fire him almost, and then immediately Lester starts to freak out. He's like, "Well, maybe if our CFO or whatever didn't buy a hooker with our company credit card." We could have the money to pay our employees or some shit like that. He like loses his mind. And Brad's like, listen, I'm a good guy. I'm not firing you. I'm just telling you that upper management wants a job description of everyone's job and how they bring value to the company so they can figure out who to get rid of. How do they not already know what their employees are doing? I mean, large corporations. Sometimes it's hard to fully keep track of everybody.
2: Uh, I feel like it's deflecting. Yeah, it's almost like sell yourself to us so that we know that you're worth keeping. And if you can't do that,
0: how bad do you want it? Yeah, Yeah. but it shouldn't have, but it should never get to that point. The 90s were a wild time, bro. I I guess
1: so. This is the I keep forgetting it's the 90s. You're right. It's
0: the 90s, man. People out there getting breast augmentation is wild. (laughs) We do learn that Carolyn is a realtor, she keeps getting steamrolled in the realty business by a guy named the, the real estate king. Mm-hmm. He's sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. We see a billboard form later, and he's played by the guy who always plays a bad guy in '90s movies. The eyebrows. He was the mean guy in Mr. Deeds, and that came out in like 2002, so that was a little later in his villain career. But so Lester at this point also takes a moment to just complain more about the whole job description thing at work. Then they're at dinner, and he continues to complain about it. He asks Jane how her day was, and she's like, "Don't care. Bye." And just pieces out because she just hates them and engaging with them in any way. Yeah, but like stuffy dinners like this are the worst. They're just the worst. Like when Frank gets
1: older, we're all just going to sit on the floor and have like a dance break before dessert. Like, I don't know. Just if I ever turn out like Carolyn, just murder me in my face. Murder me in my face, please. Because she's just.
0: Miserable. I mean, they're both miserable. Well, they're both miserable. Fine. They're all miserable. I don't necessarily understand why you think that this whole situation is Carolyn's fault. Because she's like, we got to have this special dinner. I'm going to play my special music and we're all going
1: to sit at this family.
0: The music is much. I agree with that. Okay. You don't like because I cook this meal, I get to pick what music. Like, stop. <laughs> but I mean, she's just trying to get her family all in one place so they can try and engage a little bit. Yeah. It worked out well. Yeah. I mean, it worked out great.
2: Everyone had a bad attitude. I, I, yeah. As a mom, I feel like she she's doing her best. I mean, hey, making a nice healthy meal, sitting down, some ambiance music. I feel like she didn't get what yeah. she just des- You know, she didn't deserve all that negativity.
0: I think her best is maybe a stretch, but she is. <laughs> she's trying. <laughs> oh, so I'll give her that. She's trying <laughs> harder than the other two for sure fine (laughs) but jane does in the face she storms off because they all have a terrible relationship and she's mad about it lester decides he's gonna go get some ice cream and then and then stops at the (laughs) sink to to chat with jane and try and get to the bottom of what's going on he apologizes to her as they start their conversation and then immediately starts blaming her for their disconnect and as they're getting into another argument We cut out to a view similar in nature to the view that we got in the first scene of the movie where they are being filmed through a shitty 90s camera. But this time it is from outside the house. It is from outside the kitchen window. Someone is filming them. And then the camera kind of pans around and we see that it's just a creepy teen boy who's filming them from the bushes.
2: Peeping Tom.
0: That's peeping Tom. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good to know.
2: I kind of forgot that he was in this movie. Uh, he, I recognized the actor from like Yellowstone. And I was like, oh, snap. I forgot that he was the creepy dude in American Beauty. <laughs> Until I saw him creeping in the shadows.
0: So next, it's the next morning and Carolyn is preparing for an open house and she's getting real pumped for it. So she takes off her clothes and gets to work. <laughs> this lady's insane yeah she cleans the house vigorously in her underdress or whatever it's called i don't know slip i think it's a slip a slip yep crushed it and she's just kind of cleaning the whole house as she recites her mantra i will sell this house today (laughs) then we see her try and sell the house today during a number of different open house interviews and none of the couple seem very impressed. She's trying to sell a polished piece of shit and everyone can see right through her ruse.
2: Did you guys notice Kumar in his like probably first non-speaking role
0: before White Castle? Yeah. Yep. I thought he looked I familiar. Okay.
1: I
2: didn't, I didn't that, realize he was in this problem. until I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Kumar.
0: <laughs> but she definitely oversold it in the posting. None of these people are all that excited about it. And so as she's closing up for the night, she has a mental breakdown, cries, slaps and punches herself in the face a bunch for crying and then gets back together and off she goes. So
1: I watched this on Amazon the second time through because I, I tried watching on the first time on Pluto TV, which is just like a commercial laden pile of dog shit. And on Amazon, <laughs> it came up with a little factoid thing that her little like scream and, and slap fit was done and just it was just one take it was her first take and i just i always find that that type of stuff
0: impressive mm. impressive or just like sad both like if you nail that in one take you have some some stuff you're you're personally struggling <laughs> with for sure yeah one take they're like yep we don't need another one this is great yeah you nailed being a crazy lady good job <laughs> so then we're whisked away to a high school basketball game that looks like it's from the 40s but <laughs> I don't remember basketball like this when I was in, I guess I would have been in middle school at the time. It's just why I'm surprised they weren't throwing around a wooden ball. (laughs) Jane is Jane is sitting on the bench dressed as a cheerleader chatting with her friend who we will see later. I believe her name is Angela. It is. So yeah, so she's chatting with Angela and just she's looking kind of antsy and she explains that her parents are coming to the game tonight and she's just not looking forward to it. Just no thanks. But we do cut back to the car where Lester and Carolyn are on their way to the game. Lester is complaining about it, honestly, the whole way. He could be watching a James Bond marathon on TNT right now and instead he's going to a high school basketball game and he is not into it. As they they arrive, uh, he trips trying to get to his seat, which is uh, relatively amusing. He immediately asks Carolyn if they can leave after the cheerleading performance. And then as they're chatting, the cheerleading performance begins. And that is where our 15 minutes cuts off.
2: I was disappointed by the cutoff time. I I was asking Michael, like, how far into the cheerleading little dance thing I don't what is that called like a I don't even know what I I I was never a cheerleader Yeah full disclosure yeah I, I'm like what do you call cheerleaders yeah. when they're cheerleading <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> But that scene is kind of where the movie takes off so I'm like okay uh, how far into it did mm. did they get cuz you sent me the timestamps and you didn't get you didn't really get to see much of it which is I think so interesting for how you guys will end up you know, kind of figuring out what happens in the middle. I feel like those extra minutes into the performance might have,
1: would have changed. Would have really
2: it would have ah. helped. Yeah.
1: Well, the last 15 minutes begins at one hour, 40 minutes and 54 seconds. And a shirtless Lester is hugging some dude in his open garage. Mm-hmm. It's just raining cats and dogs around them.
0: They're soaked. Yeah. <laughs> They're hugging
1: yeah, after a few moments though, the dude squeezes Lester's shoulder skin
0: and he goes in for a kiss. Ooh, boy. I mean, he doesn't just go in for a kiss. he he just he goes in, grabs it, and pulls it right on out.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Lester rebuffs him, and after a few
1: awkward seconds of just like staring into each other's eyes, soaking wet, dude turns around and walks off into the into the wet, wet night <laughs> into the wet night. Yep. in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. Yep, and we see Carolyn Janie's mom's got a gun She's in a car somewhere And she packs the gun in her handbag As she spouts her new mantra I refuse to be a victim I refuse to be a victim Uh oh, Mm. doesn't look good for Lester Not looking great for Lester But back at home, Lester is shirted again And he's either super sweaty Or it's wet from the
0: rain In a weird spot I don't know, he's just got a weird wet mark it has got a weird wet mark. I, I mean, I, I would imagine like it's like in the kind of the middle of the back, right? Yeah, if I remember correctly. Up upper back though. That's like a that's like a common spot for you to like if you dried off real quick, you would miss it and then throw a T shirt on and get and it get wet. Okay. So you think it's you think it's water wet? And, I uh, think he just did like a quick a quick towel dry when he came inside, and then he missed some spots and just like threw a shirt on, and it's just like a little. I think it's the point of it is to just sell like oh he like just came inside. From the mo- the previous thing you just saw. Okay. I'm thinking too much about it. Yep. <laughs> he cracks open a beer
1: and he starts to hear, Don't Let It Bring You Down by Annie Lennox from The Living Room. There he finds his daughter's friend, Angela. Mm-hmm. And we saw it a few times in the first 15, but there's these damn roses just hogging up the scene again. There's roses everywhere in this damn house. I'm assuming it's supposed to be some like metaphor about how, even though the surface may be beautiful, like there's just, there's just like a thorny underbelly of
0: misery. Dude, if you're going to like quote poison, just quote poison. <laughs> what? If rose has its thorn. Yeah, I don't know. This, it's,
1: I. It's, a, no, that's a
2: good pickup for only having seen the first fifteen in the last fifteen. That's a really good observation because they're
1: it, everywhere, mm-hmm. especially in the last fifteen. There's like so many blatant shots of just the roses in the background.
2: It's the roses and just the color red. So like if you think yeah. back to when the doors uh, red, yeah, Carolyn's like cleaning the house. Her under oh, yeah. her slip is bright yep. red. Yeah.
1: Yep.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Good catch.
1: Anyway, Angela shares that she had a fight with Janie because she thinks that Lester is sexy and every creepy middle-aged man ever just got an Insta boner. And Lester responds the only appropriate way and offers a sip of his backwash-filled beer.
0: <laughs> I, there has definitely been a considerable confidence shift from the first fifteen to the last fifteen.
1: No. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Agreed. Yep. He's he no longer thinks he's the dweeb. Yep. Yeah.
0: He's feeling himself. Gross. In m- more ways than one.
1: Lester gets awkwardly close to her and asks her what she wants, but she asks him instead. And he says, You. I've wanted you since the first moment I saw you.
0: It's always been you.
1: And starts kissing her forehead. She starts talking about thinking that she's ordinary. And then they start to like really kiss.
0: If Gross. your initial instinct in a sexual encounter is to start with the forehead, Then you're either too old for the person you're kissing or you're a grandma. (laughs) Either way, stop, please. Stop there. Stop at the forehead, please.
1: Would it have been? Well, I mean, obviously, it wouldn't have been as bad if he only kissed her forehead. But like, I mean, obviously. (laughs) Now go to bed, sweetie.
0: Have a big day tomorrow.
1: We cut to Carolyn. Carolyn is just barreling toward the house in her car repeating her I refuse to be a victim mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I refuse to be a victim mm-hmm. Angela's on the couch now and it's weird they like turned up the mics very high for this part
0: so yeah. you, can, you can hear so much of Lester and Angela's breathing <laughs> and just like cl- like fabric against fabric as like the as they like lay down on the couch it's just weird
1: yeah but the, the breathing it's like kinda half sexy
0: but also half like brainy from Hey Arnold <sighs> nice hey arnold joke
1: thank you lester takes off her pants slowly
0: yeah, yeah.
1: thankfully we got to cut
0: away for a bit so i can i can take a breath mm-hmm. and then slap your hard dick like like uh, enough enough <laughs> you the to and slap it like enough. carolyn enough. had to slap her face when she cried after the <laughs> enough
1: yeah in in the curtains this time we <laughs> cut to janie we see janie for the first time in this last 15 And she's in bed with the dude who's awkwardly videoing her and her dad in the first 15 minutes. Yeah, Interesting. She liked it. Janie and this dude, they're talking as if they're planning on eloping or something or just like leaving town together. Good thing she budgeted. Bad idea, youngins. Mm. But back to the straight up crime that's happening in the Burnham household. Mm -hmm. Lester starts unbuttoning Angela's shirt. Like like super slow unbuttoning. And I get that anticipation works wonders, but Also, pick up the pace, my guy.
0: You, uh, Oh, boy. (laughs) Do you want him to pick up the pace just because you feel like that's the correct way to do it or because you just want to, like, get to the breasts?
1: Obviously the first, David. Okay. But speaking of, out come her breastuses. This movie's rated R for really big nipples. I don't care about that. I didn't even look at them. As he's going in (laughs) to flick her nip with his old tongue... (laughs)
0: Oh no. How did you know that happened if you didn't even look at him? Huh?
1: But She's like, Oh, by the way, I'm a virgin. And he instantly starts doing the math in his head, and instead of continuing his crime, he lays his head on her chest, but her nipple is like right in his ear. And I'm telling you, if you've never messed around and pressed a nipple into your ear hole, you haven't lived, my friend. And
0: (laughs) just that's my disappointment, sigh.
1: Why? Why? I'm
0: just like You haven't lived if you hadn't had a nipple in your ear?
1: I'm just saying. Body holes should be filled. The sexy time is not happening now, and Angela feels stupid, but Lester does his best to console her. Still a bad guy, but at least he's trying to console her. We cut to a crazy-looking Carolyn who has now arrived outside the house. The rain is going harder than ever, but we cut away again. Inside the house, Lester and Angela have added some clothing layers, thankfully. It's chilly in the house. And... Lester made her some kind of sandwich, grilled cheese, PB and J avocado toast. It's just out of view, so I don't know. I wish I knew what he made, but too early for avocado toast. He asks her about Janie. Angela says that Janie's happy, she's in love, and she asks how he is, and he says, I'm great. (laughs) But he doesn't say it like a normal person. Like I wish that he could say it like a normal human, Kevin, not like like a weird rapey robot that he Mm -hmm. is. Angela goes potty, and then Lester (laughs) mocks himself for his I'm great answer, which is is pretty funny. And then the sweet music starts up as he reminisces about his young family days in front of yet more roses. And as he McConaughey's man, oh man, oh man, oh man... (laughs) We see a gun come on screen behind his head, but the camera pans to the blank tiled wall. Silence, and then just a chunky red <laughs> Benjamin Moore gallon of paint splashes on the wall after a single shot rings out through the silence.
0: I knew it was coming, and I still hated it because I just hate I just hate blood, guys. <laughs> and it gets like so much worse from here.
1: It, it does get it's rough worse from here. Yeah. I
0: didn't like it at all.
1: Oh no, Carolyn shot him, we think. No no she's not the victim. <laughs> <laughs> we see Janie sneak downstairs. They were home? I thought they were in a different house. No. Nope. Right up right upstairs. It's wild. And they find Lester staring back from a pool of blood. The weirdest shit, the kid with Janie gets down to Lester's blown brain's head. And just stares at him. And then he, he cocks his head like a dog looking at a fire hydrant. It's about to hump. He's so like, What close. is going on?
2: He smiles.
0: So
1: to... yeah. yeah. What he's... is with him? He's so creepy.
0: He's so close to so much blood. There's <laughs> so much blood and he's so close, guys. <laughs> Too close. Too close to all that blood.
1: But Lester's dead husk of a body starts to narrate about his life passing before his eyes. Interspersed with scenes from Lester's life in black and white, we get shots of what everybody was doing, both during, and after the fatal shooting. So first, the black and white memories. There's Boy Scout stargazing, leaves, grandmother skin, a car, his daughter, his wife. And then during the shooting, we see the kids upstairs, Angela be Poopin', Carolyn just waterlogged, which means she couldn't have been the killer because we hear the gunshot, the gun's on her hands. And then we see secret gay neighbor guy is covered in blood and his gun is missing from the wall.
0: It was him. He's the killer. He was wearing gloves premeditated. Just because Lester wasn't into boy kissing. How dare he? <sighs> I have a feeling that he was crying because he told Lester something that he was very ashamed of and then decided after I shouldn't have done that and killed him. That's my guess. There might be a question about it, so
1: maybe. We'll we'll, we'll get there. Mm. Carolyn hugs slash screams slash collapses in the closet, pulling down clothes in the process and we transition into the one scene that i knew from this movie that i knew was coming a damn grocery bag just careening about the street riding the wind as lester narrates about all the beauty and how he just needs to relax
0: that was the one scene you knew from this movie
1: i kn- i knew there was a scene of a videotaped grocery bag what? why
2: i think i know why you know that because that was p- 100% parodied in not another teen movie
1: Probably wasn't it yeah. That's oh, cool. if Maybe. you've ever seen not, I'm not another sure, teen that must be
2: it has been parodied, that scene with the bag, yeah. a few times in yeah. pop culture.
0: I didn't understand the scene with the bag.
1: So he's narrating, and he says, And I can't feel anything but gratitude for every single moment of my stupid little life. You have no idea what I'm talking about, I'm sure. But don't worry. You will someday. You're saying I'm going to die, Kevin Spacey? Say less. And it's all its all very like deep thoughts with Jack Handy from Saturday Night Live. But also, I can't hate it either. I kind of like it. I kind of love his narration. Am I supposed to hate
0: it? That's interesting.
1: I'm just a sucker for narration. I don't know. I like narration. You are. And that's how the movie ends, with Kevin Spacey narrating about how I'm going to die next. He didn't say next. <laughs> that's how I took it. That was it.
0: some paraphrasing, but <laughs> That's fine. how I
1: took it. I'm dying next. And next. Yep. That is the ends of American Beauty. Camilla was gracious enough to come up with some questions, but before we hit that, it's time to dance right into a center commercial.
0: Oh, yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by
1: our Patreon, The Center Cult.
0: Oh, The Center Cult. They're all great. They're all wonderful. None of them are Kevin Spacey's. You mean you're talking about our patrons? Our patrons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our patrons are great. Our patrons are the best.
1: Yep. They know that they can hit up our Patreon and they get extra bonus episodes of Center Chats Center consumed, where we go back and watch the middle. We have center cachet. It's a newsletter. We have voting. It early access to our episodes. It's just, it's just the best.
0: Plus, they're just getting to be part of a great community of great people. So you get all that extra stuff and just get to chat with cool folks.
1: I mean, they're not really doing much chatting with each other, but they're I mean, they us. can, they could, sure. But they're supporting us, which is really But They're what supporting
0: we us most. because they like us and they like what we do and they want us to keep doing it. And if you feel that way too, then go to patreon.com slash the centercut and uh, enjoy and It's only five bucks a month. That is really not that bad. Come on, guys.
1: Not that bad at all. We appreciate you. And if you have feedback, send it
0: to the centercutcast at gmail.com. And if you want to see some of our cool social stuff, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram mostly at the underscore center underscore cut. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> Why'd we dance in? I'm confused. Like a grocery bag we danced in, David.
0: Like a grocery bag. We danced (laughs) right in there and danced right back out.
1: Uh huh. Here we are. I am very ready to win. I am feeling confident I know about the middle here.
0: Yeah, you're probably going to. I say that because every time I say that I win by a lot. (laughs) So I mean you're probably gonna win. Like
1: I didn't like I don't know. We shall see. But Camilla, I am excited to to try to figure out what happened in the middle here. Are you ready to quiz us?
2: I am. Let's do this. All right. All right. So question one. So going back to the first 15, we know that they're going into this basketball cheerleading routine. What do you think happens directly after this basketball game? Like what, what's next? Like basketball games over. What are we doing?
1: So first of all, I, I think this ties in. I bet that Angela does some weird move during the cheer dance because you mentioned like something shit starts to go down. So I think she's like mimicking dribbling a basketball between her legs but her hand is at like vagina level. So it's it it looks like she's doing like you know, I'm not I don't need to say it. What? Use your own creepy mind to fill in the blanks.
0: But no, but I, I don't think anyone's creepy mind can fill in those blanks except for yours, bud. What are you well, talking whatever. about? But, <laughs> but
1: then to make matters worse, after he sees this and gets all excited, Angela spends the night at the Burnham House to hang out with Janie. And later that night, like she happens to lick her lips as she walks by Lester in the hall. She just had dry lips,
0: but Lester takes it as a sexual advance, and the rest is history. <sighs> Lip licking, eh? <laughs> you know what? I'll get on board with you with sleepover, actually, because I can. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it around. I think that uh, Janie is staying at Angela's house, and Carolyn and Lester have the best sex that they've had in years because he got all turned on. And um, and it kind of is the first step in him kind of rediscovering his confidence and being a, a confident, strapping old man.
2: You're both. I think Mike is probably closer to the truth, but not all the way.
0: Okay. So I'll take I'll take a half a point. So yeah, yeah I'll give you half that. a
2: point to no, your don't,
0: don't let him put words in your mouth.
2: Okay. Okay. I take that. You can back, do what you want. So basically, what happens is during this cheerleading routine. Angela is just minding her own business and doing her regular dance. But what happens is that it kind of pans into like Kevin Spacey just, he he sees her and he becomes like enamored with her. Right. And mm-hmm. so he's watching just a regular cheer routine, but it ends up going into this uh, scene where it's him imagining her dancing in a different way. Like, Oh. It basically goes into this like spotlight on Angela. She's mm-hmm. dancing completely by herself. There's no one in the gymnasium at this she's, point. She's still dribbling
0: that basketball. She's dribbling the basketball, between, dribbling
2: her the basketball yeah. between her legs. Mm-hmm. She, oh, she throws yeah. a couple three pointers. No, 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 no. <laughs> but she, as she's dancing, it, it ends up being that she like, it kind of cuts in like close to her face and it almost appears like she's going to open her blouse. But instead of it revealing her what's underneath the blouse, it's a bunch of roses that just are kind of flying to Kevin. Oh, my gosh. So, again, with the roses. So, you were really astute with that, Michael, to pick that up because the roses do kind of come into play a few different times. But directly after the basketball game, the parents do end up waiting for the girls. The girls are – I don't think that they end up having a sleepover that we see, but they do go to maybe smoke some, you know, hippie lettuce Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. mm – talk about boys and then Mm -hmm. Lester and Carolyn are in bed. He is just laying in bed and I guess thinking about Angela and what he sees is, you know, he's staring at the ceiling of his bedroom and on the ceiling of his bedroom, Angela is like against the ceiling, just surrounded by roses and the petals of the roses just start to fall on him. So he's like, I think it's supposed to kind of show him just like imagining her right. Using his imagination. And then Carolyn's in bed with him, but they do not come together as a married couple.
0: That's like horror level shit. Like he's, he looks up and she is pressed up against the ceiling with roses
2: yeah. all the way around. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And the roses are just like falling on oh, him. God, that's creepy. It's like his, it's like his, what the heck? I don't even know words. What are words? How do I speak? Oh, no.
0: <laughs> Couldn't tell you. It's
2: like an, in fact, it's like, it's like a fantasy, right? Like a desire. Yeah. So he's imagining her. Obviously he she's not there. Flower, he right?
0: wants to take her flower. Yeah.
2: Pretty much that's it. It's just very bizarre. I mean, from a cinematography standpoint, it's shot beautifully, but you can obviously see that it's a little weird, right? But yeah, so I think I'm going to go with Mike won that round, though, if we're keeping track.
1: So do I get a half a point?
2: Yeah, I'll give you half a point.
1: Okay, cool, fine.
2: So there's like a few different plot points, right, that we have to kind of follow to bring all together. Mm -hmm. So who's peeping Tom? Who do you think he is? How does he come back into the story?
0: What's his whole deal? Yes. Yeah, so I think Peeping Tom is a new boy who moved in next door. These new neighbors are moving in the store. Mm-hmm. I bet that he is uh, maybe the, the son of, of neighbor or something along those lines. I do think that he is peeping again. And this time, Lester catches him. And that's when Jane kind of gets a little enamored with him because she also loves the fact that if she likes this guy, then it will like, really, really piss off her parents. Because she does not like her parents at all. Okay. So I think Lester catches him, and then uh, Jane Jane starts dating him to annoy them.
1: I'm on a similar wavelength. I do agree with you that I, I also believe that he's probably the guy's uh, the neighbor killer at the end's son or something, or one of his sons. Yeah. But I think that Janie catches him in the act, Ooh. not not Lester. But instead of getting mad, she's she's flattered because she, like him, feels misunderstood and weird. And I think that she asks to see the footage that he's recorded. So instead of like Netflix and chill, it's like watch creepy home videos and chill. And I think that he also shows her. I think that shopping bag video is from him because it's like the same. Green-y yeah, that's a good, that's a good
0: call because it's like, that
1: I, same like quality.
0: Yeah, I kind of. Yeah. The same thing. And
1: I think she probably thinks that video is like the bee's knees. So they hit oh it off.
0: Oh my God, the way the bag floats. <laughs> it's like it's not tethered to anything. It's free to do whatever it chooses. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man.
2: So I'm going to go with Mike again. Mike Jesus gives another half a, right, Camilla,
1: so, half a point. Camilla, come on. All great,
2: right, so I'm going to have to say full disclosure, I could not get past how creepy Kevin Spacey is, so I only watched the first 15 and last 15 <laughs> did because I was like, this is more than enough, but I have watched this movie before, so... So
0: this, like, really dropped out of your top 10, huh? It was just like, yeah, nope. Yeah,
2: we, we stopped. We're n- no longer supporting Mm -hmm. Kevin Spacey in this house, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but I will say, so it's exactly, you know, basically creepy neighbor is just continuing to lurk upon Janie. That is correct. She Mm -hmm. does catch him staring at her. So she does call him out, but her self-esteem I think is just so low that, like I was saying earlier, like any attention was good attention. So we don't really know if he's, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily think of him as a bad guy, but he's definitely weird. There's some weirdness there.
0: I mean the way he smiled when Lester died at the end. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got some screws that may, may or may not be loose.
2: Right, exactly. So, and we don't really know too much about him. His name is Ricky, but he does uses camcorder quite a bit to kind of capture a lot of individuals, including Janie, and then just the weird stuff like the bag, the, the bag. But yeah,
1: I, it sounds to me like I should get a full. Don't point. even. I, I, I mean, yeah, well, what well, what, I, what part of but like I mean, everything you said is exactly what I said. I said Janie catches him. Okay. Well uh,
0: so part of that question was who who is he? Is he the neighbor's son? He is. Okay, then if you get a full point, I get a half point.
2: I can Trash. I can I can allow that.
1: Okay, fine.
0: Well it's it's one were and right a half to a half. You're not the only one that can negotiate, Michael. One and a half to a half. Mm-hmm. Eat yeah. It.
2: So we know that Carolyn is struggling in her career. She seems to really struggle with just selling houses and then she also has this competitor, right? The real estate mm-hmm. king. So, what do you think happens with Carolyn's career, and how do you think the real estate king ties into that? So, this is like a this is two questions. It's two parts to this question. Break it up however you want.
1: I I think her career is still going poorly, like (laughs) because I think that would also add to her whole psychosis and why she's so unhinged at the end. And I think it's going to tie into the real estate king part as well. So, I like I I just I think she sells zero houses, and I think that makes life at the Burnham residence. Quite tense. Quite tense indeed. (laughs) And uh, I think that Caroline gets so fed up with her lack of success and really idolizes this real estate king guy. And her motivational tapes are probably like, if you want to succeed, then succeed. But she takes the second part of of succeed as suck seed so she's like i guess i gotta go blow the real estate king oh. and, she, and and she does because she doesn't give two shits about lester anyway more on that later but uh yeah i think think she has does some extracurricular activity with the real estate king because her career sucks
0: interesting okay here we go i think that I agree with you in a lot of ways. Uh, which is unfortunate. I do not think that she sells any more houses. I do think this is a clear it's clear that in the beginning of the of the movie, she is very much the alpha in their in their relationship. She is mm-hmm. making the money and has the confidence and it has her shit together and Lester's the complete opposite of that. And, you know, afraid to lose his job and just sad and lonely and bored all the time. And I think that throughout the progress of this movie and where she gets to the point that she is at at the end is because those roles have switched. Lester starts to get confident And he starts to kind of get successful In his life in the way that he's acting And she's kind of going the other way And so I do not think that she Sells any more houses I think that she Has serious issues and is actually so Desperate that she ends up Going to try and talk to The real estate king to Beg for his help and Instead he seduces her And they end up having an uh, Okay
2: yeah alright I'm gonna give you both A full point for this one So you are correct in that Carolyn just does not have any, you know, professional success. She's definitely struggles with that. And I think definitely contributes to her, you know, mental breakdown early in the movie. And then obviously at the end, and she also does have an affair with the real estate king. Mm -hmm. So even though she definitely views him as her competition, they end up running into each other and, you know, basically starting an affair. That affair does end, in a pretty okay. humiliating way. I don't think there's anything that would hint to what actually happened. So I will tell you, but I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Because Fair. I want to talk a little bit about Lester's job, if that's okay. okay.
1: Yes, so please. so
2: what do you think? So we know that Lester's job, you know, he has this like new, young, millennial, just kidding, Brad, Brad, Brad. that shows up, is trying to quantify his his work. What do you think happens with that? Like what is Lester still working at this cubicle? I don't even know what he does. He's like a telemarketer.
0: Seems like a job. It tele- yeah. I think Lester gets promoted. Wow. I think that in this newfound confidence that he has with the whole Angela thing and kind of newfound vigor, this new drive, he starts to put in the time and effort and and actually starts to perform well at work and shows his value and you know, maybe even gets promoted to basically what Brad is doing. Like, Brad is now out, and he is Brad. Mm. Okay.
1: Wow, I am the complete complete opposite end of the spectrum. I, I understand what you're saying, and I think I see some value in it because, like you said, like he definitely seems more confident at the end. But also, at the end, he's chilling in like a windbreaker and cracking open a fridge beer, and that is the combination that somebody without a job would do. So... I think he doesn't complete his write-up of his job because he thinks he's too good for it or whatever, and then he gets let go. He gets laid off, and he narrates. He's like laid off at forty-two. I'd rather be laid on, if you know what I mean. Speaking of, have you seen my daughter's friend? I think he was laid off.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna give Michael another point. No way. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Fuck Dave. I'm really sorry, Dave. But wow, Mike, this you're movie really makes
0: no sense, good, and Michael cheated. I'm guessing.
2: No, no. Michael's doing good. He's doing
0: good because it's a movie about Michael. Uh, No. It's just a movie about Michael and his life. Enough. You're just (laughs) mad. You're just a sore, sore, pathetic loser. If if either of us is a sore loser, my friend.
2: (laughs) So Uh, this is what happens. He does get laid off. He gets laid off. He does not complete uh, the assignment. He is just completely unbothered. hmm. He's not doing it. And he gets laid off. But what he does is he blackmails the supervisor into giving him a really nice severance package. So he does end up having a little bit of confidence to do that. And I feel like I'll give you a fourth of a point for the confidence. Thank,
1: thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. So 1.75 for Dave.
2: And what he ends up doing, so I don't think that you guys can guess this, so it was hard to like put a question into like what happens. if. I mean, I guess I could ask, what do you think would happen if he... Did get laid off. Like, knowing that, that that does happen, can you guess at all of what you think he does after that? Like, how does he fill his time? Does he take up a hobby? Does he...
1: He buys a fancy sports car.
2: Boom, another point for you.
0: Is there really?
2: <laughs> Boom, another point. Did you watch the I, middle of this? No, movie? there was a sports
0: car at the like... end. I didn't even have a chance to answer before you gave him the point, Camilla. <laughs>
2: oh, dang. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to... worry. worry. I'm not was right outside I, the I, garage don't... at the end. He obviously had a little midlife crisis, <laughs> bought a little red sports car. <laughs> Okay. Like okay. So, no point yeah. for anyone. They murder man walked right by it.
1: No, it's all good. I'm still going to win anyway, so it's fine. Man. So,
2: so do you think he did anything else other than buying the fancy little
0: sports car? He just did so much jerking it.
2: Mm, okay, negative point for you.
1: I mean, he bought a windbreaker.
0: So
2: he ends up working at a drive-through <laughs> restaurant. Is what Lester does with his time and
0: Uh, is it a chain restaurant
2: yeah it's like some some chain it's not like a mcdonald's but it's you know the the movie version of of that
1: long john silvers
2: right exactly yep so what what ends up happening later in the movie is that carolyn drives through the drive-thru with the real estate king
0: and that's how he discovers them she didn't know so she didn't know he was working she
2: doesn't know yep
0: Did she not even know he got laid off?
2: I don't remember that detail. I feel like it wasn't something that was like really, if anything, I think they were.
1: Communicate people.
2: Yeah. So she drives up in the drive-thru and he hands them their fry or whatever. And he's like, and you have a nice day. (laughs) And he's just like totally smiling and they're very awkward and uncomfortable and they drive away like, is that your husband? She's like, yep. And then shortly thereafter, the affair ends. Does Real
0: Estate King end it? Because like. She's yes. she's kind of sad now. She's just like she. It's not as exciting because her husband is a drive-through sure. worker at McDonald's at McDungles.
2: Yeah, I think like the real estate guys just like doesn't want to deal with it. Mm. Doesn't want to deal with like yeah. this drama. Exactly. That you know the the fun of it's over. They've been kind of humiliated.
0: You can't be the real estate king and the affair king. Like you have to pick. Right, them. you
2: yeah. can only be one king. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's just like fast forward a little bit to the kiss between Lester and his neighbor. Like what, how do you think we got here?
1: Stay with me here. Okay. Oh boy. I think that Lester starts to just get super infatuated with Angela and wanting to fornicate with her. And I do think he starts jerking it to the thought of her constantly, like every day. And I think he does it in the garage there's that whole man trope of going to the garage just to get get away from your wife which don't even get me started so he's just he's just beating his meat in the garage daily into an oil can or something i, I didn't flesh that part out. oil can anyway <laughs> there's a little window on the side of the garage and the neighbor dude sees him in the act a couple times and he thinks that lester sees him too but really lester is just in the zone all dead faced like thinking about angela So he doesn't even realize that he's looking at the neighbor, but the neighbor obviously thinks he's masturbating to him. So boom, he just goes in for the shoulder skin, the shoulder skin squeeze and kiss because he thinks that he's been doing this all to him.
0: Mm. Wow. that's, That's wild.
2: Yeah, that is a little wild. All That's right, Dave, what do you think? <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's
0: wild. I think that the two of them actually become kind of close friends. Lester has a lot of free time on his hands. He's he's home a lot. And actually, it's kind of them becoming close friends and and the neighbor giving him maybe some advice is helping Lester to find his confidence again and get, get back into things. Maybe they were out for a run and it started to rain. That's why they're both all wet and in the garage. And then, um, you know, the friend admits like, Actually, I'm gay and then starts to cry because he feels emotional about it because maybe Lester's the first person he's told or something like that. And he feels like he has feelings towards Lester, hence Kiss and Lester saying, you know, I'm not into that, bro. All
2: right. So you're both wrong, but I like I like the effort here. I mean, you didn't have very much to work with, so I can respect the effort. So what ends up happening is that at some point earlier in the story, Lester overhears Angela kind of teasing Janie about her dad and says, oh, your dad could totally be hot. He just needs to, you know, work out a little bit and get out of Mm -hmm. those new balance from, you know, 10 years Mm ago. And Lester is like... Mm -hmm. You know, his gears start turning and he says, you know what? I can do that. I can go work out and get a hot and buff. And so he starts working out in his garage. Now Mm. we know that the neighbor's son is a creepy peeping Tom that's filming people.
0: So the neighbor gave him some advice to make him more confident is what you're telling me?
2: No. So what ends up happening is that the uh, peeping Tom is videotaping Lester while he's working out and then watching it.
0: (laughs) Classic, classic. From his own
2: house. And so Uh his his dad is, he's kind of like, and I almost felt like this is a little bit of, they tried to make a cliche of like that military man that's like super homophobic and super mm. just insecure with his own sexuality and so he walks into his son kind of like re-watching his video of lester working out and he assumes that his son's gay uh. so he doesn't know that his son has this like kind of like romantic relationship with Janie. he assumes that it's lester and and ricky that are uh. kind of having this like rendezvous And so he totally beats the crap out of his son. Wow. That
0: would explain the bruises. That explains
2: the bruises, right? So, yeah. So you were both off off a little bit there, but I I felt like it wasn't really fair because you don't know. Why
0: is he crying at the end? Did he like admit that he beat up his son because he thought he was gay or something?
2: No, I think he's, I think that he's gay and he's been so homophobic about, about, the fact that his son could potentially be gay, but it's it's him. He's gay, yeah, and he just okay. hasn't really accepted that. I'm and he, that yeah. Okay. So he's interesting. So he's almost like so homophobic because he can't accept his own,
0: you know, sexuality, yeah, gotcha. which is
2: really kind of sad. Um, if you it's think about sad. it, also
0: really kind of like what I said, but it's fine.
2: Wait, what do you mean? It's, it's what fine. you said. It's,
0: it's, it's, it's not. Fine. It's not what he said. It's not but what he said. I right? said so what. Le- what led to the kiss? This guy was crying. And because he just admitted to Lester that he was gay he
1: didn't and he felt he bad about it. it, he didn't. He, he did didn't it. Admit admit I
0: thought you just said that. No,
1: you're not listening, David. So yeah. if you get zero points, you're going to lose. I mean, anyway, I'm lose. sorry,
2: Dave.
0: It's okay. i sorry. But yeah, I'm you were sorry, wrong.
2: Dave. And that's not what I said. Yeah. But yeah, okay. so it was a little sad. <laughs> but okay, so All right. I think we covered a lot of ground here. Okay, so let's. We have two questions left. Yep. So what do you think led to the almost sexual encounter between lester and angela
0: daddy issues
1: next (laughs) i mean i i think we've kind of talked about it a little bit already but i i do think that angela knows what she's doing and is purposely trying to get lester all hot and bothered because i do think that she actually kind of is into his weird daddy thing like i think she was being honest with Janie and saying that she thinks he's kind of sexy but i think the final straw is that she's jealous that Janie has Creepy Camera Boy, so she wants to rub it in her face and bone her dad. And Lester obviously didn't want to make the first move, but he just put out the vibes until she was so charmed that she made the first move by saying, I think you're kind of sexy. Mm.
2: I'm going to have to give the point to Michael on this one because I do (laughs) feel that. I'm sorry, Dave.
0: No, it's fine. It's fine.
2: So I do feel that there's probably some backstory, but because we don't actually know what is driving her. I mean, I definitely think that she has self-esteem issues and I think that you were, I think you were both kind of right, but I felt like Michael was more right. So I'm going to give my, I'll give Michael a A point.
0: A bulk of his was about how she was jealous of Janie having a boyfriend.
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. 100%. That was very correct. So she, she ends up, being like really she's like oh you you're you know you have this creepy boyfriend and Janie's like you're just jealous because i don't even remember it's like a girl fight like a teenage you know quintessential Mm -hmm. teenage girl you're jealous no you're jealous you know whatever fight but it was really routed in jealousy for angela and i do think that that was a motivating factor for her to you know flirt with her friend's dad i mean It was, it's just so uncomfortable. Oh, it's awful.
1: It's very, it's
2: very awful. So yeah, I I will give Dave half a point though, because I do feel like there were probably some deep rooted issues, but this is maybe like, I don't know. I I feel like I have to say like, I have such a problem with thinking that a child could like seduce an adult. Like, I feel like the adult should not pay attention. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so problematic. I'm in hindsight. I I wonder if this movie would hold up in 2023. Like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think this movie would hold up in 2023? I don't think so.
0: If it was sans Kevin Spacey issues, n- we'd watch Euphoria, uh,
2: and that was like
0: huge. And there was all kinds of weird shit in that.
2: I haven't watched that.
0: There was dominant daddy and the thumb, the thumb in the mouth, and the
1: yeah, maybe, hmm.
2: maybe on, we'll H- on HBO, it'll be a hit. Yeah,
0: if there is good acting and good and, and a portrayal of a even a horrific thing like this, it's still, I mean, is kind of talking about an issue in real life that is important to talk about. And I mm-hmm. think that people do find value in that.
2: Definitely. Yeah. I think I could probably agree to some extent. I wonder I wonder if it would be successful, but you're right. Like I haven't watched Euphoria, but I have a little bit of an idea and it seems like it's pretty racy at some points, a little spicy. Mm-hmm. So we're almost done the movie, really. I think we covered so much. And I guess the last question that I have, and it's another two-parter. So what do you think happened between Lester and Caroline that might cause her to want to kill him. And do you think that that's what her intention was? Do you think that she's grabbing that gun to to potentially shoot her husband?
1: So, I think yes she is. I think yes she is going to kill him. And I think it's a litany of things really that leads her to want to kill him. I think one, he's jobless. Mm-hmm. 2, she she catches him jerking it. 3, <laughs> she cheated on him and doesn't want to doesn't want him to find out slash I think maybe she thinks that if she kills Kevin she can go be with the real estate king again I think getting a divorce would like ruin her perfect little image and four I think she's an actual crazy person so I don't think she really needed a reason she just didn't like his face Mm. and then my alternate theory if none of that is true is that she's from the future and found out about Kevin Spacey's villainy and is doing the world a favor
0: interesting (laughs) I don't think she would have killed him I think that she had the gun in an effort to try and help her feel strong again and feel like she was in control. Because honestly, I when it comes down to it, what happened between them, she just lost that feeling of being in charge and having everything right and feeling like she was in a good place. You know, her, her work isn't doing well. Her marriage is kind of falling apart. I think that Lester not being more angry about the affair is actually what pushes her over the edge. I think she expects him to be like really mad or something and he's just like whatever because he doesn't care about her anymore. He just cares about Angela and that drives her even more insane, feels her even more unloved with him and I think that that ends up kind of pushing her to this edge but I actually don't think that she would have, she would have actually gone through that. She was just trying to take back Mm -hmm. control. Yeah,
2: I think I agree with you, Dave. I'm going to give you a point for this one. I don't know if we're going to make up any lost ground, but I think you do deserve a point.
0: Oh, thank goodness.
2: So this is something that I felt was ambiguous and I don't have the answer to this myself, but do you guys think that she actually saw his dead body or do you think that she just goes right up into the room and is like kind of struggling with the decision that she might have made herself? Because we don't know
0: the way that she throws the like and hides the gun in the box up in the in the closet or whatever and then like cry hugs his clothes makes me feel like she saw the body but then walked mm-hmm. away from it immediately because she didn't want to be accused of killing him because it wasn't actually her
1: i think if she saw the body, I don't think she would have put the gun in her closet because that's fucking dumb. The cops are gonna find it in your closet, lady. Well,
0: people don't typically make the smartest decisions when they're yeah. In a, uh,
2: that's I in feel like that was a little spot. bit ambiguous. Like we don't even if you watch the movie, you don't you don't really quite know. But man, what a movie <laughs> to watch the first fifteen and last fifteen. I mean, I felt a little bit disoriented, and I've seen the movie before, but I couldn't take any more than that. Like that was plenty for me. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm gonna agree with you that that's plenty for me too because I probably won't go back and watch the middle of this one
1: but i am I'm happy. I'm happy that I won. Uh, I fulfilled my prophecy four and a half to three and a quarter, David, four and a half to three and a quarter. Good job camille I'm uh, even though there's a lot of stuff attached to this movie now, I am still glad that we got a chance to watch the ends. Yeah, I
2: definitely feel like I wish I'd picked days and confused. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But you did a good job guessing. Thank
1: you. We we definitely try. But thank you very, very much for bringing this movie, but also, more importantly, for being here. <laughs> before, though, before we send you on your way, one more chance to share your stuff. What should listeners know? Where should they go? What so, should they be doing? So,
2: first of all, I think people should be reading books. I'm, I don't watch much TV anymore. I read a lot of books. So if I could say one thing, read books, don't just read what I'm reading, just read books, whatever, whatever it is you like. And then if you do read books, maybe you should check out my podcast called Bibliophiles at home. We're on Spotify, Apple, and uh, buzzsprout is our main platform that we use to share. And yeah, what we do is we we're checking out some New York's New York Times bestseller lists, some sleeper hits, and then we read them and then we talk about them. But yeah, we're, we are going to be covering Sarah J Moss, um, the first book in her throne of glass series i did that specifically for your wife dave if you can let her know that
0: yeah she's gonna yeah. really appreciate that and it's fine yeah, like, we
2: do we do a little bit of dramatic readings that's not dorky it's really impactful okay and yeah we do a deep dive mm-hmm. it's it's a lot of fun i'm new to podcasting so i really appreciate what you guys do and that you had me here today and uh whew, whew.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah We'll definitely link to your podcast in the show notes. And uh, no, I, I truly do love the podcast. I really like the format of it. Like I like that you have the quick synopsis up front just so you're not like spoiling things. But then you kind of have this the back half be like a really, really deep dive afterwards. And, and like I said at the top, like you make me want to read again. Aww. So you've succeeded.
2: Read books, guys. It's good. It's good for the brain. And yeah, I appreciate you listening.
1: Well, thank you so much for being here, Camilla.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Alright. <Wow. laughs> oh, yeah. I'm I'm just trying to be as positive as possible with what we just had You're just fucking uh, happy you won. That don't even Start with that me. That too. But Camilla was awesome. Super happy yeah. to have her here. But the only way to properly wrap up our American Beauty talk is with center counts. Center counts, time
0: David. Center counts, time David. That's me. Center counts. Four out of seven without Kevin Spacey consideration. <laughs> Two out of seven with Kevin Spacey consideration. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's ruining it for everyone. Way to go, dude. But also, (laughs) it's just this is not my bag. I don't want to watch a movie that covers all this dramatic mental crap when I could just watch like some superheroes shoot aliens with lasers or some (laughs) bullshit. Entertaining and fun to watch and doesn't make me feel strongly about the world and the people that live in it and how terrible they are see i'm the opposite i want to watch that and not why because it's just it just blows me out man anyway it's like why why would i want to just introduce more of that shit to me like it's happening in the real world all the time why would i also want to just watch it on tv at home
1: but you just said you'd give it a four out of seven without kevin spacey that's a that's above average bro. that
0: is just because it's like well shot it's like it's supposed to be a, a good movie like people say it's a good movie so i feel like if i give it like lower than that people are gonna be like mmm, it just doesn't like like big nipples or whatever you know
1: fine i am giving this a five out of seven listen it's not 1999 anymore i get it and if i yep. watch this solely from a 2023 perspective i agree with you this thing is like a two out of seven mm. but if i try to view this from like a nine hasn't happened yet like the internet isn't as ubiquitous as it is right now, Kevin Spacey is still just a normal, closeted man, then this thing must have been blowing minds left and right. I can see why it won all of the Oscars. I think it's interesting that at the end, Lester dies. Even though he ended up making the right choice and not having sex with the female child, he meets his maker because he just wouldn't kiss a dude back. So like he reigns his sexuality in just before doing real bad stuff, but if he had been more open, maybe he'd still be alive and finally be okay with his life. Mm-hmm. it's just interesting
0: that's a good moral of story Kevin spacey
1: no I'm just saying you should have kissed the dude is what I'm saying
0: oh you think you just should have just gone with the, just I kissed mean, the dude he would yeah, have just kissed. yeah you're right of those okay of thank those you. options i suppose that's a better choice yeah thank you
1: thank you thank you thank you but yeah that that's that's the grocery bag life that we live you're just floating from one potential wrong move to the next happiness is air sure you can breathe it in and shit but it's not something you can hold on to you can't hold on to happiness it's going to float away it's gonna keep moving around you're gonna have to chase it Just don't fuck any 17-year-olds in the process. That's my advice. Wow. Don't don't fuck 17-year-olds and let somebody else make the first move. That's my my advice to myself.
0: I think there were like three or four different t-shirts we could make in that. So (laughs) So I'm just taking quick notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, some of that was wild that you just said, but moving on.
1: (laughs) But that is American Beauty. We have decided.
0: So what do we have coming up next, David? Oh, I remember when I said I wasn't going to watch the middle of this. Sad. Guys, I have to watch the middle of this (laughs) because our Patreon voted on it to be our next Center Consumed. Yep. So if you want to hear me talk about this movie, I really didn't want to watch the middle of, but got forced to join our Patreon. Yep. You'll also get access to a Center Chat where we discuss if we would rather have our parents have sex with our best friend or get fired from our job. It's parent, not parents. I mean... I just, I'm not trying to pigeonhole like okay, which parent sure. you want to choose. what well, I'm saying. Sure. Okay. Either one.
1: Okay. Fine. But yeah, that's our chat. Kind of like, kind of like Lester here. Lester and Angela.
0: That doesn't feel like we're really comparing apples to apples, but you know that, what?
1: That's what we do here.
0: If we were, it wouldn't be a center chat. Yep. But our next true episode that you'll be getting here because you probably didn't join our Patreon and that makes me sad is season one of Fleabag, which will be coming out in two weeks. Yep on amazon prime
1: it was a big deal uh, a few years back and i'm excited to see what all the hubbub is about mm-hmm. but i don't have anything else again check out bibliophiles at home in the show notes camilla is great you are great if you are here listening and mm-hmm. we love you
0: like the years between this movie coming out and the kevin spacey stuff it was certainly better in the center